Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Before I introduce our guest, just a quick reminder that selected interviews are available in our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store, as well as on TV, on the Roku channel and Amazon Fire TV. Our app name on all platforms is The Author Show. If you like history, our book, titled Daisy, written by author Pat Backley, should be on your must-read list. Daisy is a gentle family saga spanning almost 100 years from 1887 to 1974. It is set in Alabama, Harlem, and London, and incorporates some of the evils of society. Pat joins us from Auckland, New Zealand, and is here to tell us more. Pat, welcome to The Author's Show. Thank you so much, Linda. I'm delighted to be here. Pat, will you give us a quick overview of Daisy? Yes, of course. Well, you kind of said it for me. The bit that you just announced, which is the back matter of the book, is almost what I was going to say. But just to expand it a little, I got the idea to write about two quite disparate families that become joined over the years and a lot of years, 1887 to 1974, from both sides of the world, like some from America, some from London. And the story just weaves through the different people's lives, drawing in some historical facts, but basically talking about human emotions, um, things that happen that affect all of us human beings, good and bad. Did you have a type of reader in mind when you were writing Daisy? I have to say, when I initially wrote it, and I wrote it very quickly during the last lockdown, I had no intention of writing a book. It just just came to me. Initially, I thought it would be for people like me, older ladies who liked reading about history and human emotions. But since publishing it, I've realised that it seems to appeal to a vast vast array of people. A lot of men really enjoy it, which has hugely surprised me. But I think they like the historical element. I would say it's seeming to appeal to a very wide range of readers, which is wonderful. I had to chuckle a little bit when you say you started writing during lockdown. I found a lot of debut authors doing the very same thing. They needed something to do, so they just started writing books. Well, I I spent the first two weeks of lockdown lying on the sofa, eating too much chocolate, watching rubbish on Netflix and feeling very sorry for myself. (laughs) And, And then I just thought, Pat, this is ridiculous. Just get a grip. Why don't you write a book? So I just leapt up, got some paper. And three weeks later, I'd written Daisy pretty much. So, yeah, it was hugely exciting, particularly as I'm so old. You know, it's lovely to start a new career at my age. Hey, everybody does it, or most people do. We can't just sit around waiting to die, right? Absolutely. (laughs) So where did the inspiration for Daisy generate? Well, it was really weird because I've been, as I say, I was very fed up during lockdown. And I had a book on my coffee table that my daughter had sent me for my birthday called Municipal Dreams, The Rise and Fall of Council Housing in London, which sounds terribly boring. It's a nonfiction book. And in fact, it is terribly boring. It's all about architecture for social housing. But I grew up in social housing and I love architecture. So Lucy, my daughter, knew I would like the book. But it was very fat, probably 500 pages of just 
writing, nothing exciting, not many pictures or anything. So I'd had it on the coffee table for weeks and weeks and weeks. When I was in lockdown and feeling very bored, I said, oh, perhaps I should look at that book. So, so I opened the book and within two or three pages, I was mesmerized. There was just something about it. I went and got lots of post-it notes. I don't know if you call them sticky notes in the States and plastered them all over the relevant pages. And then after a while, I thought, why don't I write a book? And so Daisy has got a little bit of architecture in, very, very tiny amount, but that was what inspired me initially. Daisy is listed as historical fiction. So how much is fact and how much is fiction? Obviously, the, the story, the characters are fictional, but I've realized that I have drawn on people I know to incorporate the characters, which I guess is what most authors do. The facts in it are all absolute facts. I did a lot of research to make sure my historical facts were right, like what year the Queen died and, you know, all those things that really matter if you get them wrong, when John Lennon was murdered, those kind of facts. And doing that, I discovered a real passion for research, which I had no idea I even had. I mean, it sounds crazy. I went to school until I was 16. I wasn't very good because I didn't concentrate hard enough. And now at the age of 70, I've realized I actually love learning. I love the whole research. So yeah, I guess education was wasted on me when I was young, but it's actually very useful now. <laughs> well, what sets Daisy apart from other books in the same genre? Obviously, I'm very biased, Linda, so that's quite a hard one to answer. I think it's got a very human touch because I love people. And so I'm quite passionate about people. I'm passionate about telling stories about people's lives, ordinary people, you know, not famous rich people, but just ordinary people, social history. And I guess I've woven that love into Daisy. So Everyone who's read it, everyone who knows me, says that it's like listening to me speak. If your readers like the sound of me speaking, they're probably like Daisy, because I've written it as I think, I guess. Is there any book, any other book we may have read that might be compared with Daisy? I'm a great reader and I have been since I was a little girl. So I guess I've absorbed all those like the Dickens classics, the Hardys, all those old classic, the Austens. I guess over the years I've absorbed those and I think that kind of comes out a bit in my writing. Some people have said it's very obvious from reading it that I'm English. I don't know how true that is. But one of my reviewers did say it reminded them of Rosamund Pilcher's The Shell Seekers, um, where again she goes quite into depth into people's characters and their family relationships and things. I'm sure there's heaps of books that I've read and and they're partly in my book and, you know, they've come out in a different way in my head. But sorry, I can't really answer that question. I hadn't prepared for that question. So. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have done heaps of research. I'd have come out with all these really smart answers to impress you. But I'm afraid I can't. Sorry, Linda. Well, I've got to say that The Shell Seekers has been one of my all-time favorite books. So I'm looking Ooh, forward to finishing good. Daisy. So will there be a sequel for Daisy? Well, funnily enough, two weeks ago, I actually published the sequel. I had had no intention of writing a sequel. When I finished Daisy, I thought, right, that's it. I put all those characters to bed. And then in October, just one night, I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought, oh, I really need to get those people alive again. So I just started writing the sequel. As I say, that's just been published. And that picks up where this Daisy leaves off in 1974 and goes right through to the new millennium, 2000. It's called The Second Daisy. 
Well, Pat, before you began writing Daisy, which came first, the characters or the story? The only thing that popped into my head first, Linda, was this whole architecture thing. It just kind of, I can't really even explain it. It didn't even really formulate as a book idea. I just started writing down things and then I thought of different characters and then they all changed as I started writing about them. So basically they took on a life of their own. So I'm not sure that I can take all the credit for Daisy because I think it just came from elsewhere. When I used to hear authors talking about how their characters just had a life of their own, I I actually thought, oh, that can't be true. You know, you must sit down and write reams and reams and reams and then put it all together. But actually, I did find, I did the initial mind map, as you're taught to do, as I'd read everywhere that one should do, and put all these characters and where they lived and little lines connecting them and stuff. But once I started writing, that all went completely to pot and they just all did their own thing. So it was quite magical, actually, to to find people just coming to life on their own account. I love to hear things like that. You've written your memoir. Please share a bit about that with us. Okay. Well, after I published Daisy and I realized that writing was my passion and I decided to write until I died, I thought, oh, maybe I should write my memoir because I've had a pretty interesting life. And and once I started that, I couldn't stop either. That was fabulous. I thoroughly enjoyed doing that. And interestingly, a lot of people, even my own sister, when they read it, said, oh, this is so interesting. We didn't realize you'd had such an interesting life. So it's just my life, really. (laughs) That sounds great. So are you writing another book now? And if so, will you give us a short teaser? Yes, I'm actually, another one is already with my editor in the States called Valentine George. Um, That is another historical family saga, um, the start of another new series, which is very loosely based on my grandfather's life. Um, He had a pretty interesting life. And so there's a couple of sequels to that, which are already partly written. And I went to a conference, a Zoom conference a few weeks ago. And there was a very attractive Italian man, a a famous travel writer. And I was mesmerized watching him. And then I I came off and I thought, I could write a travel memoir. I've done some good traveling. So I'm now almost finished a travel memoir as well. Just snippets. That's called 70 Years Worth of Travel, Snippets of a Colorful and Interesting Life. Oh, I Um, love that title. Hmm. Well, your book takes us from Alabama to Harlem and London and beyond. Have you visited all of those places, understanding that you at one time lived in London? Yes, I have. I lived in London till I was 59, so I know that very well. And Alabama, I first went there for a girlfriend's wedding 15 years ago, perhaps, and just was quite fascinated with the whole place. Harlem, yes, I've been to Harlem, but only briefly as a tourist. You say that you never even thought about writing a book until you had retired and went into lockdown. So even when you were a kid, you were never writing or telling stories and thinking that, hey, there's something I could do with this? I've always been a great storyteller. In fact, people who don't like me very much say that I talk too much rather than say I'm a great (laughs) storyteller. (laughs) But yeah, I've always loved, when I was about 11, I started a magazine. I still have it. It was going to be a fortnightly magazine with lots of articles and tips and blah, blah, blah. I only managed one edition, obviously. It was a bit too much of a magnanimous task for a a young girl. But 
I've always loved writing. When we used to write letters, you remember those days when everyone wrote letters? I loved writing long, long letters, you know, six-page letters that probably bored people to tears to read, but I loved doing it. So it's always been there. It's always been in me, and, I, and I've always been a great reader. Speaking of writing letters, don't you often wish that we had made copies of all of those that we wrote and sent, and now they're lost to the ages? Absolutely, because we poured so much of ourselves into them, because at that time there was no internet. And so our whole life was on those bits of paper, really, wasn't it? Having said that, I lived in the Fiji Islands when I was in my 20s for a couple of years. And the only contact I had with my parents was by writing letter. When my parents died and I cleared out their house, I found all the letters I'd written to my mother hundreds of them on that lovely blue filmy airmail paper that was so fine that if you wrote on it too hard your pen went right through I don't know if you remember that and there were all those letters and those are wonderful I've kept those and I treasure them because they tell my life for those two years so as you say yes it's sad that we didn't keep copies well I don't have any ways near the number that you have but I have a few on that airmail paper and I find it fascinating that anybody else even knows what it is anymore (laughs) (laughs) This is why you have to occasionally meet up with people of a similar age so that they understand what you're talking about. Is there a message or a moral of the story in Daisy that you would like readers to take away? Yes, there is really. I think, and I've realized this is a common theme through all my writing now, basically that however we're born, whatever life we're born into, we are all equal. doesn't matter what colour we are, whether we're rich, poor, whatever, we all are equal. That's a big thing for me, you know, injustice and the fact that people don't have the same opportunities in life just because of the accident of birth. Oh my God, what a perfect message, particularly in today's time. So now, will you please read a short excerpt from Daisy for our audience? Yes, of course. This excerpt is from 1909. Of course, Theo hadn't been allowed to travel alone. So, as they travelled through Europe for their grand tour, these two tall and very handsome young men attracted a lot of attention. They never gave any thought to their different skin colours, so it came as a surprise when people found them an exotic pair. They were invited to parties and balls wherever they went. At the Carnivali in Venice, they lost their tour guide in the foggy February alleyways and emerged to find themselves outside a palace on the Grand Canal, each wrapped in the arms of a courtesan. They smoked hookah pipes in Morocco, waltzed in Vienna, gambled on the Côte d'Azur and rode camels in the Sahara. In short, they had an absolutely wonderful time and the plantation in Alabama seemed like another world. After the boys spent four years aimlessly wandering around with no rich heiresses in sight, Theo's father began to make demands. He sent telegraphs, threatening to cut off Theo's allowance unless he found a wife. Theo replied, Dear father, thank you for your concern. I have searched high and low throughout Europe and beyond for a woman suitable to bring home to you, but to no avail. I was thinking that perhaps we should now go to England, as you wanted, to visit the cotton mills of Lancashire. Perhaps there I will find a nice English bride. I love that. Oh, my gosh. That made me feel like I was right there and traveling with him. So, Oh, thank you, Linda. Absolutely. So now I want to know, where can we learn more about you, about your other books, and where can we purchase Daisy? 
My website is patbackley.com and all of the information about my books is on there. Quite a lot about me. The reason I started writing books apart from the lockdown was that I had been abandoned by my husband of 26 years. So I suddenly found myself alone. My daughter was living in London. So I kind of had nothing else to occupy me. I was feeling very sad. And I think when you're sad, all your emotions come to the fore. And I think that's probably why I was able to write Daisy so quickly, because although it doesn't talk about the things that happened to me, my emotions were so heightened that I could just pour out my heart and, and say things that perhaps I wouldn't have said when I was just in a stable, you know, plodding along kind of lifestyle. So is part of that story on your website? No. Okay. <laughs> but if people are interested, they can read my memoirs. Okay. All I've, right. written, I've written that in there. Although a lot of my close friends have said to me that in my memoirs, I've been too kind. I've had two ex-husbands, one of 14 years and one of 26. And people have said to me that I've been too kind about my ex-husbands, that I haven't dished enough dirt. So. <laughs> Well, you know, to each his own. So are there links to purchase your books on your website? Yes, there are, Linda. And is there anything else you'd like to tell us about your site? My beloved daughter designed it. I'm always delighted if readers want to connect with me. Obviously, the email is on there, or the little button to say connect. It's a joy because I have a separate email for my writing. And it's an absolute joy to get an email from a reader. And in fact, recently, I had an email from somebody who asked if there was any way I could possibly be related. She'd read my books and realized my surname was the same. So I disappointed her by saying, actually, it's my ex-husband's surname that I've retained. But it turned out that she was a long lost relative of my husband and therefore my daughter. Um, and that when we had lived in London, she only lived half an hour away from us. Oh, and my gosh. We've been talking with Pat Backley, author of Daisy. Pat, thank you so much for sharing Daisy with us today. I love this type of history, and I'm sure you've captured the attention of a lot of our audience. And I believe we are all going to want to read the second Daisy right after we finish the first one. Pat, when you publish your next book, will you please come back and chat with us again? Oh, Linda, I would be absolutely delighted to. Thank you so much. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you this morning. It's just been a joy. Thank you. From a cotton plantation in Alabama to London, back and forward through time and space, and dealing with issues of race, oppression, and identity. Daisy is a thought-provoking and engaging book. In fluid prose, Pat Backley tells a story of two interconnected families highlighting the torturous and sometimes absurd relationships between whites and Afro-Americans in the period of 1887 through 1974 and touching key aspects of the civil rights movement in the United States. Daisy is a very good novel that deserves careful reading. Well, if you connected with this review, and our interview, please go to patbackley.com and order your copy of Daisy today. And when you finish reading, don't forget to post your review. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with their author. And remember, The Author Show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on major platforms such as Amazon Fire TV, the Roku Channel, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, theauthorshow.com is a really great place to start. 
Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.